Here we are again. Let's fire it up. Rogue Table Talks, number 66. Yes, sir. Route 66, Rogue Table Talks. Uh, uh, here we are in our respective locations, Missouri, South Carolina. It's a beautiful day here. Uh, it's a beautiful day here, actually. It's like, I don't know, high of 80, sunny. Not what? that beautiful. That's weird. Oh. We've had some weird weather. <laughs> Uh, it's yeah, hot and muggy here. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you've had that yeah, storm yeah. flip by, didn't we you? Did. Yeah, yeah, we did have that hurricane I, slash maybe tropical, tropical storm. Tropical storm, right, right. Yeah, so I'm sure we're due. But uh, yeah, so we are talking about rebuilding. Uh, hopefully there's not so much rebuilding that's to be done in South Carolina uh, with a storm. But things do have to be uh, rebuilt. Um and I just thought about stuff that, I don't know, there's stuff that you've probably rebuilt. Some people are into cars and they rebuild cars or whatever. We have this uh, place up in Northern Michigan. We are family, siblings, cousins. It's like a family piece of land. And uh, there is a log cabin that was built uh, before I was born, just before I was, not long before I was born. So I don't know, early sixties. Uh, so it's, that's a long time ago. That's now, you know, I don't know. It might be 60 years old, the old, the old log cabin. Um, and there's a train caboose that is on the property that, uh, was, uh, brought on the property, uh, when I was a toddler, I mean, it was a long time ago. Um, and they just left it there. Well, yeah, uh, it's, it's, yeah, my, so my grandpa used to work in, uh, the grain, the bean and grain industry and of course transporting. And so he was sort of in this, uh, world of, of distributing large amounts of agricultural products. And, uh, back in the day, all trains had cabooses. And then at some point around that time, trains stopped having cabooses. Like they got rid of them. Like, I'm not even sure what they were, what, the, what the, what the purpose uh, of, of them was uh, historically, but you know you don't really need a caboose to, to do the job of the train. So um, yeah, there was a time there where you could just get the caboose if you had connections. They were just trying to get rid of them, uh, hmm. and if you know all you had to, you had to pay to get it moved. Uh, so they moved this caboose and sort of fixed it up. So it's sort of like a second space, and there's actually like a little kitchen kitchenette in there and a little bathroom in there. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, but it's old. I mean, the, the caboose was retired from service, you know, about the time I was born. So, um, really old, I don't know, twenties, you know, maybe or something in the, in the log cabin is, you know, 60 years old, maybe, like I said, it's before I was born. So la I think it was last year. Uh, you know, we have, we go up there every other year for a reunion. And then sometimes in the intervening years, there's a, you know, we have to do some sort of project because th everything's old. And last year we had to redo the roof and, uh, it was a, it was a interesting thing because it's, you, you get the shingles off and then you see the rot, uh, mm -hmm. the, you know, it's old, everything's old. And so you have to replace some of the, you know, the boards and the roof itself. And, 
uh, you know, the sheets of wood and uh, a lot of it had to be, you know, a good amount of it had to be replaced. And, uh, you know, there's, there's this sense of you don't really want to look under the shingles unless you're ready. <laughs> right. And then you're just committed to the whole, you like, don't know what you're going to find exactly. And then you're just committed to, you know, this thing doesn't have, you know, it's got holes in the roof and it might rain tomorrow. So, um, and this, that's like, that's the, the challenge. And some people love that. I mean, some people just love to tear stuff apart and rebuild it and, you know, homes, cars, you know, you flip houses and you demo and rebuild and all that stuff. And, um, I'm not sure it's, a. It, I mean, I, I had fun. Uh, but there's a few people who really knew what they were doing and I was helping. Um, but that's just sense. There's this trepidation of, uh, Oh, what's, how big is this job? You know, mm -hmm. uh, you don't really know till you take the engine apart. You don't really know till you take the shingles off and say, Oh, this is bad. Um, which is, you know, it's good that you're doing it, but it's bad that, you know, that's the, the, the problem is so big. So, uh, I don't know. It really consists of like two, you know, I, I, before we moved from Missouri, I was going to fix up the deck on the back and I didn't realize how, how much the deck had rotted yeah. around and some significant posts. And then I get out there and then I realize we could probably justify a whole new deck. It's just so bad because it's just not safe. Uh, the posts and the railing and all that. So uh, yeah, I don't really enjoy that part of like you, you lift the shingles up and you realize this needs a whole new roof. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think rebuilding that to me, it's like two, two parts. That's why it's hard. Maybe even for some people, because starting from scratch might be easier because you have the, the cleaning away of the debris and the damage and the mold or the rot. And that's, that's a significant part to, right. To tear stuff away. That's damaged facing it, you know, um, yeah. like, uh, yeah, it's better not to know. And I have the, had the exact same experience with, with, uh, our old deck is I thought, uh, you know, we were going to, we have this deck as it's looking kind of old. I think just maybe the, the, the decking boards, you know, some of those need to be replaced. And I go to look and there's all sorts of damage. It led to, uh, you know, had to, even the, the band board and the foundation of the house because they had the flashing on backwards. Some of that had to be replaced. Oh it was, gosh. it was a mess. And then once, <laughs> yeah. once you start taking some of the stuff in the deck apart, I could just literally push posts over. It was so rotted. I mean, the thing was literally about to fall apart. And it, and before you start the project, I think eh, maybe another year or two. <laughs> right. Cause yeah. you just like, Oh, this is going to be, <laughs> this is going to be a problem. This is going to be a hard <laughs> thing. And I think there's, that's the, the challenge of rebuilding is that it's partly, is this something, are we doing this? Can't we just leave it? You know, can't we just mm -hmm. make it another year? Uh, sort of, we hope it's going to be okay because the actual rebuilding is is hard. Uh, and I want to read a, a passage from Nehemiah where they're rebuilding the wall, you know, famously. People are going back from exile. Ezra's gone back. Uh, actually, the I guess Zerubbabel went back and took some people. They laid the, they laid the foundation of the temple and they rebuilt the temple. Ezra went back and they began to deal with some of the rebuilding of the practices of God's people and repenting from their sin. 
Uh, and then Nehemiah hears about uh, the wall needs to be rebuilt, and he goes back uh, to rebuild the wall. Um, this is Nehemiah 4, starting in verse 1. It says, Sanballat was very angry when he learned that we were rebuilding the wall. He flew into a rage and mocked the Jews, saying in front of his friends and the Sumerian army officers, what does this bunch of poor, feeble Jews think they're doing? Do they think they can build the wall in a single day by just offering a few sacrifices? Do they actually think they can make something of stories, stones from a rubbish heap and charred ones at that? Tobiah the Ammonite, who was standing beside him, remarked, that stone wall would collapse if even a fox walked along on top of it. <laughs> oh. Then <laughs> I prayed, hear us, uh, our God, for we are being mocked. May their scoffing fall back in their own heads, and may they themselves become captives in a foreign land. Do not ignore their guilt. Do not blot out their sins, for they have provided, provoked you to anger here in front of the builders. At last, the wall was completed to half its height around the entire city for the people that worked with enthusiasm. But when Sanballat and Tobiah and, and the Arabs, Ammonites, and Ashdodites heard that the work was going ahead, that the gaps in the wall of Jerusalem were being repaired, they were furious. They all made plans to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw us into confusion. But we prayed to our God and guarded the city day and night to protect ourselves. So this, uh, for some reason, I love this because you can check, it's like a scene in a movie. Like you can picture mm -hmm. the, you can picture the, you know, the mocking going on. That stone wall would collapse if even a fox walked along on top of it. Which is, I guess, a big burn in that, that culture. I'm not sure. I cannot believe he said that. <laughs> what? You Yo did. mama. <laughs> uh, so there's, you know, I think that as I, as I try to picture, you know, where they are here, you know, you have this glorious city big, this, the temple of Solomon, you know, the wall and everything. And then all of that is just destroyed and they're taken into captivity. There's the hope of return, you know, miraculously God brings them back. They rebuild the temple, but that's a bit of a bummer because it's not as big. So there's, you know, weeping and, and cheering at the same time. And then Ezra goes back and they begin to reestablish, rebuild the practices of the people and so even after all of that and kind of, you know, big movements of God, you could still look around the city and it's just a mess uh, and the walls broken down. And so the city is vulnerable and busted out and busted down. And, you know, the job of rebuilding, it just seems, just seems overwhelming. And they get, they start the job and they get this opposition and they get this, this mocking and, and uh, this threat of attack. Um, people around them don't want don't want Jerusalem to be returned there's vested interest in it not being rebuilt um, and so as I think you know like what goes into rebuilding something in you know a deck or an old log cabin or a wall um, a lot of those things translate if you have to rebuild something else uh, like there's some elements of rebuilding, like you have to like, okay, you have to really look at, yeah, this thing, <laughs> this thing's about to fall over. You can't, you have to assess reality. At mm -hmm. some point you have to take action. You can't just, you know, change a few boards and hope it's, you know, put some more shingles on at some point, okay, this is going to be a big job. We have to commit to it. Uh, so that's kind of part one. And so, and then part, you know, at, at each of these, 
this is what keeps us from rebuilding is I'm not willing to face reality, perhaps. I think uh, that's so, a, a huge one. How, how big is that for people? I just, yeah, I think that, like, I don't even want to think about it. Uh, you know, they, they've given up, let's say, on their relationship with God. Uh, yeah. They've been disappointed with God. And so then it's been so long, like they, they live as though they almost live in such a way as to justify that disappointment with God, let's say. Um, and then they kind of begin to think this, you know, I should maybe try to rebuild this, but the damage is, you know, so great. And the wreckage is so great. Like, can I even, is it even, I don't even want to look at it. So I just keep going on autopilot. Right. Or a marriage. It's like, you know, it's been, it's been so long that we've been this or that or the other thing. I'm just going to not even think about it. It's not even like I'm saying it's fine or it doesn't need to be rebuilt. It's like, if I look at it, I know it needs to be rebuilt. It's such a big job. I'm just going to pretend I'm not going to live in reality. Right. I do think people, I think we all do this to some degree all the time. We know, and it could be, from cleaning out the closet, you know, to uh, a relationship with a sibling or a spouse or a child or God or whatever. We just kind of like, that's a mess. I'm not thinking about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think that is, that is, you know, to pause here makes a lot of sense because assessing reality is takes a great amount of courage because um, you're probably going to have to go back into something that's painful. You, you rebuild because something was hurt or damaged or broken or betrayed or something. And I think it's just, you know, left to our own devices. We'd rather move on pretty quick. I'd rather keep going. I'd rather not look at the deck. I'd rather think, can I get two more years out of this? Um, you know, I'd rather let's, it's just too painful. And so I think assessing reality and, and then maybe like asking yourself, is it worth it to you? Mm -hmm. Like what, what, you know, it was what I often give an analogy for people who don't want to try to focus on their emotional life or trying to rebuild their, their spiritual life is like, if your leg's broken, you go to the doctor to fix it um, because it's worth it to you. Uh, but often we don't do that with our own emotional life or spiritual life, right? We, I'm, I, That's I, fine. I think I can keep getting by. It's, it's fine. fine. <laughs> I'll just limp along. It really hurts a lot. But, you know, I've got another leg. You know, <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. right. <laughs> we wouldn't say that, right? Yeah. We wouldn't. Yeah, I think that's right. I think, I think there is a grief that you don't want to face. Like this yeah. thing... I don't want to face the busted down nature of this thing. So it's not like you've, you're not, we're not even to the point of facing it, being overwhelmed and discouraged and then turning away. Thinking, I think it's going to be overwhelming and I don't want to be discouraged. So I'm not even going to face it. I'm not even going to think about it. And there's, there's a, um, I guess lack of responsibility maybe, or lack of agency, mm -hmm. like, and then you just say, ah, I don't, I'm not even gonna, and then I don't, then I'm not responsible for doing anything. I'm not responsible for assessing what part of this is mine or what do I need to do or what should I do or what would, you know, a rebuilt thing look like. 
we just don't even look at it. Uh, and it, and it just is a way of, you know, it's living in denial as a defense against the grief of facing, yeah, this is bad. Right. Uh, yeah, I think, too, I think too, since you're talking kind of the analogy and rebuilding with relationships, I think sometimes we focus on, well, this is their fault. We had some type of breakdown somewhere. It's their fault. So we build up resentment or maybe we deep down know that it was our fault and we have too much shame to say, I, I, I don't even know how to approach that person. I don't even know how to go back. Um, I've, I've made a mess of it and it's just too much. Yeah. And I think both can be, you know, true. Yeah. It's, <clears throat> I, I think that's good. I think the you, explaining it is not the same thing as facing it to the, to the degree of you can explain something in the abstract and sort of not involve yourself in the explanation. Like you blame your, somebody else or, you know, it'd be easy for these Israelites to say, well, here's why the walls busted up. Those other people, you know, hundred years ago kept messing up and God warned them. And so that's why, um, so that's why it's messed up. So I'll be angry with them yeah. instead of like, no, this is our wall. If we're going to have a wall, this is it. And, you know, to function as a city, you needed a wall. Otherwise there'd be no safety or security. Um, and there's a sense of, um, I don't dignity, self-respect. Uh, that's part of, yeah, I'm not really willing to, to, yeah, fool myself or not face this. Like I'm going to take responsibility for some part of something here. Uh, and all of that involves some sort of painful assessment or reassessment or grief over, like, if you're going to re like, if you're going to replace the roof, you have to take the shingles off. And it's different from saying, well, I know that we probably need a new roof. It's been a long time. There's probably some rot up there. That's different from actually taking the shingles off and seeing it. You know, I'm going to, I know I'm going to need to fix it with this person. I know I'm going to need to, I know I need to, you know, work on my relationship with God. That's different from actually assessing the damage with the sense yeah. of, okay, this is now what I've got to do. Well, we, we've used uh, several words to talk about this. And I think since we started the R to the T to the T is agency, responsibility. Another thought, another way to describe it, I think, is a sense of ownership. Like people walked in and said, this is my wall. This is our wall. And I have a sense of ownership or this is my relationship with God or to the church or my family or my spouse. Like. I have a sense of ownership to this thing versus I don't know what this has to do with me. Yeah. I think that's a good word because what we can do analogous is just move to another city. Like, you know, like this wall's busted down. It's not going to work for me. I'm going to move to another city with a wall. Hmm. Um, You know, this relationship's busted down. It's not going to work. I'm just going to move on. I'm not going to rebuild it. I'm going to move away from it, if you will. Right. Because yeah, totally. it doesn't stick to me. So I'm not going to take ownership of, no, I, I need to. And obviously people do that with, you know, siblings, children, uh, spouses, things you really shouldn't just glibly 
move yeah. on from, right? Well, that was your that was your cabin. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's that's right. y'all have yeah. ownership. In. Right. Let's just move to another piece of property. Right. Not. Sure. Yeah. We're not going to do that. Right. This is us. Right. This is our family land. We are going to rebuild it. Right. We own it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good word. Uh, you know, in what, uh, and you know, if I if I need to own it and don't own it, then that's really uh, my responsibility in a way of not assessing or facing facing the reality of the situation. Uh, and I think then part of, you know, the so there's that. There's sort of the hard work of really looking at it, taking ownership. Part of it then too is, do I believe, so the people of Israel had to believe, well, God wants the city rebuilt. Nehemiah felt that, that he was on a mission for God's people, for God's name. So God wants it. He prays to God, you know, help us accomplish this thing that you want done. Uh, And so then there's some courage, some hope, some impetus to move forward um, that makes it, it's not hopeless. And I think, do we actually have the faith and hope of God actually wants me to rebuild this relationship or rebuild a relationship with him? He's going to be on my side. He's going to be on our side as we rebuild this. Uh, as we rebuild this relationship. Uh, in other words, it's it also involves God. This rebuilding process also involves, and do I believe, can I dare to hope that he will enable this, empower this rebuilding? Because the opposite is to really lack faith and hope that God, you know, if to say it's hopeless is really a statement that betrays a lack of faith that God can or will do something. Yeah, I, I like that a lot because, you know, I don't I don't want to jump ahead of where you're trying to go here, so get me back, but you're going to need that because if you're if you think it's all up to you because you ha- so once you have the sense of ownership, you do have to take responsibility and say I I'm a part of this world, right? I'm just even thinking of like uh the the ints and the hobbits trying to convince the ints to go to oh, that's war. That's good. That's good. Sauron, like you're a part of this world, aren't you? Mm-hmm. And they're saying it's not our fight, but it is. Mm-hmm. It's all it's all our fight. This whole thing yeah. is. We're in the world. So yeah, once we've taken ownership, we're gonna need then to realize. But it, I'm not alone. I'm an owner, but I'm not alone. And God is with us and with me because you're gonna get these uh, this opposition. You're gonna have a Tobiah the Ammonite who who burns a little bit hotter than a fox <laughs> on the walking on the wall, right? You're right. gonna have someone who who says a little bit sharper things that hurt, that degrade, that push you back, that who do you think you are to do this? I mean, if nothing else, we have uh, a a spiritual enemy, the accuser, who's Mm -hmm. trying to get in the way and keep you from being a best version of yourself in Christ. And so we're going to need to know God is going to empower us to accomplish that rebuilding mission. Right. I think that's right. And then therefore, then I have some sort of responsibility to him to act, act in faith. I mean, at the end of the day, we have to live faithful lives, act in faith and trust God for the outcome. So we can't control necessarily whether the thing gets rebuilt. We have to act in faith. God has to act to intervene. But there will be opposition to overcome. It, even because I think in relational things, there's anger and there's hurt. Uh, and perhaps dysfunction that arises that we get used to. 
you know, we like to be angry at this person. So I'm going to have to give that up. Like I, I, t- I'm, I get to blame them for everything. I get to be angry with them all the time. I get to take my anger and they're the object of it. So I have to give that up and say, I'd rather have a rebuilt relationship than have this, this easy explanation for my anger. And the same might be for the, you know, the other person might feel the same way. There's something to overcome. Um, you know, my, my dad was an alcoholic, uh, and he, um, you know, went through a couple of, uh, as is a story of, of many, uh, alcoholics or substance abusers, these, these periods of trying to be sober, remain sober or whatever. And he, you know, he and my stepmom had a really dysfunctional relationship, uh, and in, 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 you know, that would be a whole series of con- a podcasts, uh, just talking about that. But, you know, sh- the, the, the trope of I liked you better when you were drinking mm. that you sometimes hear of. I mean, I, I remember her saying that to him because she did. And there's mm. a, in, like, in other words, she didn't like it. But, you know, this whole this painful disruption of stuff, the painfulness of going through this. I would, I would rather go back to the, it's like going back to Egypt. Right. Yeah. Um, and this, you know, this, this whole, this, the, the idea that everybody's going to fall in line, everybody's going to say, you know, this is a good idea. Sure. Let's rebuild, uh, is, uh, you know, it's a bit naive and that there is going to be, we have a vested interest in the way, th- in the way things are because we're getting something from a dysfunctional relationship whether we like it or not, even if it's something that doesn't feel good, but I still sort of rely on it. And I think that keeps us from, that's part of the opposition. It's not just somebody, some third party coming in and saying something, although that might be the case Uh, in a family, let's say like the people who are on my side in this dispute don't want the dispute restored perhaps, or something like that. But a lot of times it's, I have to overcome their opposition because they're getting something or my opposition because I'm getting something, uh, whether this feels righteous or whether this feels, um, you know, a, a, a worthy object of my anger. Like I have to give all that up if I'm going to rebuild. Right. Yeah. I think, I think that's a really, that's really gold. Um, I, I think we, I referenced this last week maybe, but the uh, war of art, and un- unfortunately, it is often the people close to us or in close proximity of us when we try to even rebuild our lives and grow into a sense of what we think is more healthy, like stopping to abuse a substance that we, we, we think, I think we should think oppositely, but we think everyone's going to love it. They're going to celebrate us. They're going to cheer us on. They're going to think, well, sure, I want what's, you know, what you're going to do what's best for you. But Unfortunately, I just don't think that's common. I think it's more common to say, and it's probably more subconscious, but it threatens some type of relational dynamic, a uh, comfort level. And so people say, I don't, you know, you've changed, you know, you, I liked you better when blah, 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 mm-hmm. you yeah. know, that's, that's unhealthy. And right. you really feel like you're trying to move towards health. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, especially in relationships, cause all these, you know, in relationships, there's an interconnected web of something. Uh, and sometimes it's, you know, you're fixing this thing, but I don't want to fix it yet. Uh, and so, you know, there's opposition to this, to this rebuilding. Um, like, who are you? Yeah, what do you think you're better than me? Yeah, now? What do you, right, right. 
Right. You, 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 you're going to sit up on your high horse and judge right. me now. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Uh, it, which sounds silly, but it's, it's super common. And I think, <laughs> I've heard that a ton. <laughs> just, that just, it happens. Yeah. Right. All the time. And, and we can take part in it as well. Uh, it, rebuilding seems like, well, that's obviously the best thing, but if there's so many different things that are, that stand in the way, uh, that, and sometimes those things are, um, you know, I have to blame myself uh, for that. Uh, and I do think the trickiest, I think part of the, you know, one of the trickiest things is our relationship with God is a tricky thing. And it also involves other people somehow. Like I do feel like, I don't know, this might be, you know, that if I restore my relationship with God and you're estranged from God, there's some part of you that it's just like it's in it with another person. There's some part of you that, okay, now you're going to make me think about my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Especially if I've been trying not to think about it. Um, and hey, let's just be estranged from God together. And let's, you know, <laughs> we'll be in it together at least. Uh, that, you know, my relationship with God and your relationship with God, there might be some sort of symbiosis where, um, you know, we'll go off on our own together. But if I reconcile with God, now I'm sort of making a statement about you. Uh, and so, you know, I, I think there's some sort of dynamic that we among Christians have where uh, if I'm going to really double down and be, you know, I'm going to start going to church and read my Bible and serving, uh, it said, makes maybe some sort of statement about to me that, okay, I, I probably should be doing those things. I already knew I should be doing them, but now you're doing them. Now your, your relationship with God is being restored. Now I have to do something with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I almost feel like that's a weird, don't you think that's sometimes a weird dynamic in, in churches? Oh, hands down. That, yeah. Right. Yeah. That are like, we, we sort of respond to each other's relationship with God in some sort of weird way. Yeah, absolutely. like your bad relationship with God makes it easier for me to have a bad relationship with God. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think that dynamic that we're describing translates and transcends a lot of different things. But you do see it in the church when people start to really try to grow more in Christ, whatever that that looks like for them. Uh, if they've been in a dynamic with others, uh, or or maybe they were the person who maybe they needed a lot of help and, you know, oh, we're, we're helping this person. We're going to get them better, but then they maybe didn't need that dependence anymore. And we don't like that because we needed them to need us. Yeah. And now they don't need yeah. us and I like them to need mm. us. And so, yeah, I think, yeah, who do you think you are? Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Oh, you're the teacher now. So I think that that's <laughs> true that, uh, you know, it threatens something. I guess it's a good question. Like when, when we start to rebuild or when others start to rebuild, they're, there can be a threat it poses. Um, what is that? Can we name it? Um, can we be open about it? Yeah, that's good. I think. I think. Yeah, it sounds like I was somehow had this sense of safety in this place, and now your movement threatens. I can't sit here and I can't sit here in safety, right? Yeah. Uh, as much, right? Um, you know, if if. If I'm sitting on, you know, if I'm sitting in the caboose and you start taking the shingles off the cabin, I got to, I got to figure out how I'm going to, am I going to help? You know, what am I going to do with that? Mm. 
So, mm. I mean, I think that's part of what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, we can either, we can quickly become even the people of God who are supposed to help rebuild the wall and turn into someone who's mocking uh, another person of yes. God trying to rebuild That's the wall. right. Yeah, we become the mockers. Mm-hmm. We become saying that roof going to fall in even if a fox walks across. If there's a squirrel, a black squirrel from northern Michigan on that roof, is going down. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's very complicated. And all of these things then conspire for us to sort of just ignore the whole topic and just, yeah, it'll be fine. I mean, all of, for all of these reasons, we kind of just let things lie. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Hmm. And so our, our challenge is, I mean, so it's really an act of faith and hope to face reality and say, even just to say, this needs to be rebuilt. Yeah. Even that, right? Um, hmm. So I think that's our maybe our challenge this, uh, as we're thinking about this passage, thinking about just our lives, is like, what what do I need to face? You know, what part of reality do I need to face? Because the rebuilding might take years and you don't even really know the outcome. But, it, you know, to live, to not face it is to sort of live falsely. Uh, and then you own part of that, that you know, that false living and that lack of rebuilding. Uh, what do I need to face and say, you know what, I need to do, I need to take responsibility and take some ownership and step into this. Successfully, unsuccessfully, don't know what's going to happen, whatever. But I don't want to just not look at it anymore. Right, because one day the deck will fall over, one day the roof will fall in, yeah. and then we act surprised. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I think that's our challenge. Just, you know, think about it, bring that before God. What, what am I not facing? What do I need to face? And then, what's the movement forward? Uh, so, with that, let's let's uh, cut it off there while we still have internet and uh, grace and peace. Thanks for listening to Rogue Table Talks, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.